I do remember a time probably in my 20s and maybe this is the same time was that she was experiencing this where she thinks twice about what it would be like to have to bring children into a world where so many things can go wrong which is a very bleak mm-hmm. view but I I distinctly remember feeling the same thing in my 20s. Mm. Have have you ever thought when when she shared that did well, how did that land for you? Yeah, I, I, I can definitely remember times when I've thought about starting a family and having children and just I, I think it was kind of more like a vastness of responsibility and taking on like, okay, I'm bringing a life into this world and I don't really know what's going to happen in this world and I can't control that. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's kind of a heavy thought, mm. but I've I've always... Hey friends, it's Nicole and Kate, your girls from across the globe, Sydney, Australia, and Puerto Rico to be exact, and we're so excited to be sharing this time with you. I'm Kate. And I'm Nicole, and welcome back to another Candid Conversation with us. Each week, we bring you a new conversation about a topic that we can relate to. We share our own experiences and thoughts in the hopes that you'll realize that one, you're not alone, and two, that open and honest convos can lead to awesome discoveries, shifts in perspectives, and energy to move ahead with confidence. Because that's what real friends do. They provide love, support, and space for one another to share without judgment, speak without hesitation, and to learn from each other, even when we don't agree. And with that, let's dive in. Hi, Nicole. Hello, Kate. Merry Christmas. Oh my, oh my goodness. I know. Merry Christmas and all the other holiday celebrations that people might be having today. Exactly. All of them included. Yes. What do you, okay. I want to hear about one of your favorite Christmas traditions. Oh my God. It probably relates to the food. I can relate. Um, Yeah, there's all the the typical foods that we'll have around this time that I look forward to, like the Italian Christmas cake, um, some of the dishes that we make. But I do love the Christmas decorations, putting up the tree, Mm -hmm. exchanging presents, all the very, you know, superficial things. (laughs) I don't think they're superficial. Those are all like big Christmas things for me too. I love all of that. And especially like I found this new appreciation for Christmas when I got to see the joy of my niece and my nephew at Christmas time. Cause like I had kind of gotten out of that stage of being a kid. So Mm -hmm. I felt like Maybe I shouldn't be this excited about it, but I still was, to be honest. But now watching like young kids experience Christmas is so much fun. Oh, that's nice. I Well, I don't have that experience of little kids around, but I still feel like I experienced Christmas just like I did when I was a child. I just have that excitement. (laughs) The exchanging of gifts. I just love when we exchange gifts in the morning like that. It's just Mm -hmm. so much fun. And you've got like your cozy cup of coffee or hot chocolate and yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm with you. Or in my house, mimosas. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Champagne breakfast. Yeah. So what exactly is an Italian Christmas cake? Is that what you said it is? Yeah. So it's this packaged cake. It's called a pandoro or there's panettone as well. So there's one that has dried fruit in it. I mean, it's not like a freshly baked cake. It literally does come in a package. So there's a lot of preservatives probably in there, but it's just (laughs) yummy, fluffy. 
um, kind of almost like a bread-like brioche type um, sweet bread that you mm. that I love when you and it's got it's covered in icing sugar. Again, not very healthy, but that sounds delicious. So delicious, <laughs> and then when you have it in the morning with your morning coffee, I love to dip the pandora Ooh. in the coffee oh it's so yummy it's so and i yummy. bet some of it like falls in there and then it sits in there for a while and then you get to eat it later yes. yummy <laughs> i will just be dreaming of all the christmas food now <laughs> oh i will have to say like one of my favorite parts about the holidays is like everything leading up to it and you mm-hmm. and i were talking about putting up our christmas trees mm-hmm. before we hit record today and having like the yummy i have so many yankee candles do you have uh-huh. yankee candles there no what's that it's like a brand of candles that oh. is famous or, mm-hmm. you know, a, a big candle maker. Yes, um, yes. And they have they have these scents that are just like, you know, when you smell something and like mm-hmm. it just represents like such a strong memory for you. So I'm obsessively burning candles all over the house. I love it. <laughs> Not, oh, well, that's a very powerful kind of connection, right? If these are very Christmassy scents. Yeah. That you, yeah. yeah. Mm, that would uh, help. totally takes me back to like my mom's kitchen and i actually found myself getting like i was a bit homesick these past couple weeks because oh. usually i'm going home for christmas and this year i mean it's going to be so much fun i'm so grateful i'm so excited i'm we're actually meeting my family in cancun for christmas this year wow so as this goes live i'll be down in paradise um, but <laughs> But like the couple weeks leading up to Christmas where we are right now when we're recording this, you know, I'm usually getting ready to go home and we like Mm -hmm. have a a cookie baking day and a shopping day where we go buy all of our presents and like all that kind of stuff. So I've been missing that a little bit. That makes sense. Yeah, (laughs) that makes sense. I remember when I was away from home around this time of year, um, it's hard not to feel a bit like nostalgic, a bit of that bit of sweetness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I sometimes do think about, um, you know, because I put so much value and so much emphasis around this time. I invest mm-hmm. so much energy into it. Um, I feel like, you know, I feel very grateful that, you know, I've got family around and friends around. But I always think about, and this is maybe going to be a bit of a buzzkill, but I do think about people that maybe this time is special and they may be on their own. And, you know, yeah, I do, I do kind of think about that. Yeah, kind, well, kind we're, of, we're here with you, friends. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Bringing right. our little Christmas spirit, our big Christmas spirit. Big. I've also been obsessed with my Christmas song channels on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> well, today's episode kind of has a little bit of tinge of this. Um, what would you how would you describe what word am I looking for? Nostalgic? Yes. Bit of reminiscence, no nostalgia. Reminiscence, yeah. Reflection, a lot of reflection. Reflection, and that's something that definitely comes up for me this time of year. Looking back mm-hmm. on the year, kind of getting ready for a new year. So, friends, today we're going to be sharing a discussion about a podcast episode. Uh, From the Meditative Story Podcast, I will totally butcher his name. Do you know how to pronounce it, Nicole? I was going to say that I um, don't know how to pronounce his last name. He introduces himself as Rohan. Um, Rohan, yes. I got the first name. I don't recall him pronouncing his last name, so it's... uh, yeah. 
We'll just go with the Rohan. meditative story podcast. <laughs> you will easily be podcast. able to find that. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's a, it's a, such a great podcast. And you had shared an episode with me um, that actually aired on the guests podcast, Maya Shankar. Mm-hmm. Maya Shankar. Okay. Yeah. And her podcast, A Slight Change of Plans, she had kind of aired this episode on her podcast, which then you already knew about the Meditative Story podcast, I believe. No, I didn't. I oh, you only, didn't? Okay. I only discovered it because I listened to the episode on her when she republished it on her on her podcast. Yeah. So okay. So I was going to say that was like my introduction to meditative story. The fact that she's, you know, introduced um, mm-hmm. doing this episode in conjunction with Rohan and um, so, so beautiful. Anyhow, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yes. It was a amazing episode. Mm-hmm. I, I'm now an avid listener of both of these podcasts after hearing this. So thank you for sharing it with me. No, you're welcome. I'm actually surprised that I haven't gone back. I feel like I need to, uh, my intention as soon as I listen to the that episode. I was like, I have to listen to more of this meditative story because it's so beautiful. The music, his interjections, his narration. I was like, I have this has to be on my regular rotation. And so I'm actually quite surprised that I haven't gone back. So I'm going to call myself out on that one, but definitely looking forward to listening to more. Great reminder. And yes, he does have this voice where uh, I'm just like, to your point, his narration and just the way that he presents ideas. Mm -hmm. I feel like his pauses are very spot on. Like I always listen to podcasts at at least 1.25, if not 1.5 speed. But when I listen to his podcast, I only listen to it on the regular like one speed because I'm like, I can't rush this guy. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. You don't listen at like 1.25 or 1.5? No, unless it's it is a particular yeah host where the delivery is maybe on the slower side, but no, I I find myself just listening at the regular speed. Oh, interesting. That Hmm. is so interesting that you do that. And yeah, I don't really consider that. Yeah. I feel, Hmm. well, I mean, I guess mainly I just get through so much more content that way, but that's probably why I haven't gone back. (laughs) (laughs) I need to dedicate 40 minutes to this. Whereas you're dedicating maybe 30 minutes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so the title of the episode that we listened to, and we're going to link this up in the description of today's episode, but the episode that Maya shared on Rohan's, Rohan was the narrator of Mm -hmm. Maya's story called The Joy of Being an Unwilling Traveler Through Life. Kind of catchy title, huh? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just thinking like, what? Unwilling traveler through life? What does this mean? I need to listen. (laughs) (laughs) And the joy of being, because to me, those two things don't necessarily go together, right? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, okay. In this episode, Maya, and and that's what we're going to be talking about today is this episode and kind of our thoughts and our takeaways and the standouts um, from this episode. So we highly encourage you to take a listen, have a listen rather, and um, we'd love to hear what your takeaways Mm -hmm. are. We're going to share a few of ours today, but we'd love to hear what yours are as well. Um, And in this episode, Maya shares her view on life and suffering and how a walk with her father helps her see things from a new perspective. She returns to that walk with her father when life brings her a kind of sorrow that she never anticipated. 
which is back-to-back miscarriages. So she shares uh, more background on that throughout the story. Um, But Nicole, without, you know, basically telling the entire story (laughs) ourselves, um, I thought, you know, today it would be fun to share some of our biggest takeaways. So do you want to kick off with one that stood out to you from this episode? Yeah, for sure. So I think the one of the bigger themes is our attitude towards existence. So it's quite a big topic, right? How do we see ourselves in the world? Um, what do we think about in terms of our own existence and how do we feel about our existence? And so Maya shares that her and her husband have very different perspectives on what it means mm-hmm. to be in this world, to be alive, to have come into this world. Yep. And I could see both sides. So her husband, Jimmy, has this attitude that he's so grateful, so joyful to be alive because he's actually quite amazed at the fact, like from a sciencey perspective, that coming into this world is, is pretty incredible. Like the chances are pretty slim. And so when you do come to being, then, wow, that's an amazing thing. Mm-hmm. And, and I get that. Like I totally resonate with that. But I think I leaned more to Maya's side of, and that's where the title comes in, of being an unwilling traveler through life, which we'll get to. But her perspective was that she has this sensitivity to suffering, not just her own, but others, other people's suffering. And I think I kind of alluded to it when we, when we were talking about Christmas and this when I personally, when I start to think about, oh yeah, I'm so grateful. This is such a great time. But what about someone who's not having a great time right now? Mm. And what, and that thinking about other people's suffering really gets her down and thinks, and she feels that without, you know, putting words in her mouth that she feels that, you know, life is pretty crap that way. Cause there is so much suffering in, in this mm-hmm. world. I'd be, and I think she does say I'd be okay if I didn't exist. Yeah. And that actually hit me really hard when she it said essentially that that like well I the, the unwilling traveler through life thing hit me kind of like from the side as well because from the start I was very much with Jimmy her husband of like what this is, life is amazing and it's so incredible that we're here and like this is the chances and and being in existence and all of that. But yeah, the more she started talking about it and and kind of got into maybe more of the reasons why she felt that way, then I started thinking, okay, I need to realize like how many different perspectives there are around this. And she talked about um, her time in India and seeing being, you know, privy to and witnessing that type of suffering. And I think that a lot of people don't ever really see that like Mm. in front of their face. And so I can definitely see how that would shift and change her experience, her feelings, her emotions around the topic because she's been so close to that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think when, Again, not giving away too much because her story, the story that she shares deals with, you know, her her desire to be a mum and how understanding that the world can be a really horrible place and there can be just, you know, 
unimaginable suffering that kind of forces her to well that kind of makes her feel like do I even want to bring you know children mm-hmm. into this world and you know and not being a mum myself I totally could relate and this is why I really felt like I resonated with her point of view as much as like I kind of I do resonate with the joy and the gratitude of being alive I do remember a time probably in my 20s and maybe this is the same time was that she was experiencing this and I think she does talk about it being around her early to late yeah late teens early 20s where she thinks twice about what it would be like to have to bring children into a world where so many things can go wrong which is a very bleak mm-hmm. view but I I distinctly remember feeling the same thing in my 20s Mm. Have, have you ever yeah. thought when when she shared that did well, how did that land for you yeah I, I I can definitely remember times when I've thought about starting a family and having children and just I, I think it was kind of more like a vastness of responsibility and taking on like okay I'm bringing a life into this world and I don't really know what's going to happen in this world and I can't control that so mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of a heavy thought. Mm. But I've I've always kind of then immediately experienced this feeling of I'm here and I'm living this life and I get to choose if I think that way or if I think if I choose to think another way. I'm not negating her thoughts and her feelings because I think that they're very strong. And again, I think that people's experiences give us, you know, we have different perspectives and feelings and emotions based on our experiences. So I, I think that that's so powerful that she shares that. I guess I've just felt in those times, like it will be that if that's what I make it kind Mm. of thing. I don't know. I don't know if that, yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, I got, I think back to our conversation when we, when we uh, chatted about Derek Sivers book, how to live. And Mm -hmm. one of the chapters that I resonated with, with was the um, chapter on just prepare for the worst, (laughs) imagine the worst. Mm -hmm. And I really connected with that, which again is a little bit contrary to, I think my default of being generally quite positive and quite optimistic. I don't know why. I mean, I really have these two sides. Um, And then in this episode, I I thought back to um, one of the quotes that I've, that have really stayed with me. And it's it's a quote from Mark Twain um, where he says, I've suffered a great many catastrophes in my life most of them never happened. Mm. And I was like, that's so true. How much of it is just like what you said, you can choose to think about all these things or you could choose not to think about all these things. And depending on what you choose, you could either be imagining the worst and having all these things in your mind that, oh gosh, this is going to turn out terrible. No way would I want to you know, bring kids into this world, you know, there's just all this unimaginable suffering, or you could choose not to have those thoughts because like this quote says, most of these things maybe won't happen. Right. And, and then you can live your life that way. And I think that like both of those scenarios, you take on the understanding that like you have, there's a risk in everything. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I I do think that it's the responsible thing to do to ask these questions and to have these thoughts, but whether you carry them on the Mm -hmm. way that, you know, she seems to really carry this with her in like such a major way. Mm -hmm. 
that, yeah, I, I couldn't help but think too, when she was describing her thoughts and her feelings versus her husband's thoughts and his feelings just on life and existence in general, that it felt like they balanced each other out really well. And I, it kind of got me thinking of like, is that important in a relationship to have different points of view, to have different thoughts and feelings on these big, huge things? Mm. Um, and I just kind of thought like, I wonder what role that plays in people's compatibility, their attraction to one another, um, the way that their relationship is the way that they support each other. I don't know. It's just like an interesting thought that came to mind when I was listening to her talk about how different her and her husband's perspective was on that. Mm, that's a really good point. I wonder if the fact that they, they do have very different perspectives doesn't necessarily make them incompatible, maybe because they have a self-awareness. I think she shows this self-awareness of like, this is how I see the world, but I am willing to have as hard as it, as it was to have a different perspective and to see the other side when they kind of come full circle at the end. Um, she is willing to, to experience the other side of things. Maybe if she wasn't and she was very resolute and, you know, whether you call the view, you know, bleak or pessimistic, which is not what I think she is, um, because I definitely feel like I have that side too. But if I'm willing to kind of go to the other side, um, then then it helps if, say, my partner has, you know, a, a different view. Um, yeah. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, mm. uh, to clarify, I, I viewed it as a positive thing. Yeah. Like I thought that it was really nice that they had these views that differed so greatly, but they were still, you know, in obviously a very loving relationship and, uh, you mm -hmm. know, a positive relationship. And yeah, yeah, I do think that that has a lot, a lot, a lot to do with it, though. The fact that both of them were willing to kind of say, okay. And even like, I mean, we'll talk about this in, in a couple other of our takeaways, but to your point, yeah, when you come around to the end and he really gets her to say, okay, I'm going to, um, what's the word I'm thinking of? She essentially finally gives in to mm -hmm. his request, yeah. yes, and, but yeah. we'll get to that. We'll get okay. to that. <laughs> so what was an, another idea that stood out that... Yeah. Um, so another thing that she talked about, uh, and, and I really had to think about this for a while. Actually, I think that um, Rohan is the one that brought this up in, in relation to some of the ideas that she was sharing. Um, this idea of connected detachment and what that looks like, what that means. I just thought that that was a really interesting thing to consider because I would never in daily life probably come up with that. <laughs> um, I think something that he said is if we can become more detached from our own existence, then we can better accept life's inevitable tragedies. I don't actually I don't remember if he said this or she said this Do you? I think it was his question. He, he got you to yeah. reflect. Um, so because I think the way this this podcast in particular is structured is he takes her story and, and at certain points he interjects with a question because 
through someone else's story, you can start to ponder maybe your own existence mm-hmm. um, or you can come up with these questions that, yeah, do you think he did say this? Yeah. yeah. So that was just something like, I think I literally both times, because I listened to this episode a couple of times again mm. in preparation for us to chat about it. And I, I literally hit pause because I was like, oh, I can't just keep going. Like, I need to think about this <laughs> for a this second. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so did that like, did that stand out for you? Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. That was one of the points that I felt was a good reminder because I don't think it's something we think about every day like oh how can I you know um, see this situation that I'm in right now whether it's a stressful situation or an emotional situation how can I be a little bit more detached from it so I can see it clearly objectively all of that Um, one of the I had read a while ago, I don't know if you've heard of this book, um, The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success by Deepak Chopra. Mm. Have you heard of yes, it? Yes, I love that book. Oh, you've read it. Okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't, yeah. It's, I mean, it might not be everyone's cup of tea, right? It is quite mystical, um, but it's a short and sweet book. And I think there are some, some really good um, themes in there, like yeah, peace, acceptance, non-judgment, all of those things are to me, very valuable um, lessons and reminders. Maybe it's a little bit too mystical for some people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Too woo-woo. But um, if you remember one of the the laws, one of the seven laws is the law of detachment. So that was the first time I think I kind of, you know, was made aware of this. And one of the – what um, he says about the law of detachment is that this law – says that in order to acquire anything in the physical universe, you have to relinquish your attachment to it. This doesn't mean you give up the intention to create your desire. You don't give up the intention and you don't give up the desire. You give up your attachment to the result. And I think it's so powerful, right? I think, and I, I, this really, I related to this from a perspective of, uh, you know, in business, like, you know, we have goals, we have intentions, we have, you know, things that we need to accomplish. Um, and that's all great. And and I think what he's saying here is like, it's, it's not like you discard all that. But if you're so fixated on that result, if you're so fixated on an outcome, you kind of give up your joy. Like you kind of... Yeah. Yep. You miss, you miss the... It kind of like reminds me of, you know, they, we talk about in entrepreneurship a lot, like enjoy the journey. It's not about the destination. It's about the journey. Exactly. So you miss that kind of the whole process because you're so fixated on the result. And so I think Mm -hmm. from coming back to the, to the podcast, to the episode when Rohan kind of interjects at that point, I think she's very fixated on this final outcome and just and you know result of what could be but Mm -hmm. if you separate yourself from that you're kind of able to just enjoy the present enjoy the process enjoy the moment which can, can always change right yeah yeah it's a it's a really interesting thought and like you said I do appreciate this type of episode, which I don't think I've ever listened to a podcast episode quite set up like this, because there is kind of that, there's a story being told in a very vulnerable way. Mm-hmm. And then there's this commentary on it, at almost like you're in the room with Rohan, and we're listening to Maya tell her story. It's just a 
an interesting experience. It's, it's a different experience yeah, of, was, of listening. I agree. Yeah. I agree. And I think that's why we felt like, oh, this, you know, I, I want to talk about it because yeah. it brings up a lot. It brings up a lot. Um, and she is very vulnerable, um, which is, you know, really awesome for us to be able to hear someone's story with that vulnerability. And and like he says, how does it project on your own life? How, what does it make you think about mm-hmm. in your own life, in your own world? Yeah. Mm. So was there another moment or thought that you want to chat about? Well, I think finally, you know, where we land is the exercise of gratitude that her husband, Jimmy, kind of asks her to do in a moment of real sadness and, you know, distress with what's going on in her Mm -hmm. life. He asks her to let's let's think about some things that we're grateful for and i don't know if you've experienced this but it like she mentions it it can be really quite jarring when things are going really badly and someone says oh you know there's a silver lining there's let's just let's just focus on things that we you know we're grateful for you're like i don't want to do this right now i'm in a really bad Mm -hmm. state i'm in a really crappy place do i have to i don't want to i can't even imagine doing that but when you do do that, if you can get yourself out, it can be quite profound. It can give you mm-hmm. that that shift. So, yeah, that was one of the things. Yeah. And I think, you know, we referenced earlier kind of like that coming around and him not really letting her go out that way. Like, no, you're going to do this with me. And I thought that that was a really, even though for her, you could, she literally said you know, what you just said that like, I did not want to do that. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to feel crappy because I did feel crappy. But the fact that he was able to get her out of that and that she ended up being grateful for that. um, And what that did, I thought that that was a really beautiful expression of their relationship and their support for one another. Yeah, I think one of the bigger lessons too that came out of that, and I think it was such a great reminder, is she talks about when you're so hyper-focused or zeroed in on one thing that you want, that you desire, that um, you feel like, okay, this will bring me joy, this is what I want in life. And then if that thing doesn't work out, you know, you can feel really terrible. But in that um, experience that she had, when you are so focused, you lose sight of everything else that's in your in your life. And that gratitude exercise helps you kind of realize, okay, just move away from that one thing I'm focused on. Look at all these other aspects of my life. I think she talks about how, you know, rich and multidimensional her life is. And you're not able to do that if you're just hyper-focused on one thing. I thought, yeah, that was a really, mm-hmm. that's a really great reminder because I think, I, I, I feel like I do that and have to call myself out, you know, whether it's in business, in work, like if I'm really focused on a goal, um, I can lose sight of the bigger picture sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think we all can. I do think that's such a great reminder because it's easy to do that. It's easy to get zeroed in on something. And, um, you know, from the smallest example of, you know, looking for a black tank top and then not being able to find a black tank top because that's the only (laughs) thing that you need to much, you know, bigger examples of like deeply emotional things like wanting a child or, or, you know, something like that. So, um, yeah. Wow, man. I'm like realizing, I mean, this episode had always been impactful for me, but I'm realizing through our conversation, like just 
how much more it was. <laughs> it's such yeah. a great episode. I definitely felt like the second time I listened to it, I went out to the park and just sat on the grass and it was just such a beautiful experience to just be out in nature. You know, the music is really beautiful. There's these big life questions and I think it was a great gift and I think it's a great gift that you can give yourself to just take a bit of time out. Listen to it at one speed. Don't rush it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And yeah, just soak up this really beautiful, you know, you know, it's a very vulnerable story, but um, I think we can all relate in some way to it. Yeah. I, I, I like the idea that when you're listening into someone's story or even like, kind of gathering lessons from an episode like this one that, you know, it doesn't always have to be a direct mirror or reflection or, um, you know, such an exact experience for you to take something really meaningful away from it. Mm. I've never experienced any of the, like really any of the big things that she mentioned in the episode, but I could still relate on some level and like see that how that might play out in my life in the experiences that I have had. I don't think that that's really something that we just naturally practice on a daily basis. Um, so I, I really like, I appreciated that. Yeah. Without getting like super meta, I just kind of had a bit of a realization that by listening in to someone else's story, and even though the, the experiences are not exactly the same, we can relate to times when you feel like life sucks, you can't experience gratitude, mm-hmm. you're feeling like you're in a bad place. But that detachment happens when you listen in, you realize other people have similar experiences, that we all go mm-hmm. through these terrible moments and suffering and all of that. And you can just kind of remove yourself from your own problems in your own little world and focus in on someone else's. It's kind of like, yeah, that's the whole point of being a little bit maybe more detached and not seeing like, oh, my God, my problems are so big and I'm the center center of my world. But really, we're just a speck in the universe, which is one of the things that comes up a bit meta, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) Yeah, that is good on you for bringing that in. (laughs) Such a great episode. Yeah, this was really fun. I'm really glad we got to talk about it. Me too. Great idea to cover this episode. And friends, we hope that you enjoyed it too and that you'll take a listen, have a listen to this episode. I don't know why I keep saying take a listen. Have a listen to this episode. Um, Again, we'll have it linked up in the description today for you. So as we close out today's discussion on this episode from the Meditative Story Podcast, we hope that you've picked up a thing or two you can carry with you today and moving forward to give you that extra boost of confidence and support when you need it most. And friends, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. If you have a friend in mind who might also enjoy our chats, share the podcast with them too. Send them to canrelatepodcast.com or have them search Nicole and Kate Can Relate on their favorite podcast app. Until next time.